Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Mark Steckman, host of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. This special weekend episode was recorded earlier this week on the 10th anniversary of the founding of Redefining Refuge, an amazing nonprofit organization that advocates on behalf of sex trafficked girls. I chatted with CEO and founder Natasha Nascimento about why she started the organization, and I encourage you to support them in any way that you can. It's easy to find them online. Just go to redefiningrefuge.org and you can get all their information there. They're making a huge difference in the lives of many girls who are victims. Now, before we get started, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, take a minute right now, hit the little subscribe or follow button on your screen, depending on which player you're using, rate it, and share it with your friends and colleagues. A brand new episode comes out every single weekday and some weekends, just like this one, so make sure that you subscribe. And if you want more business and marketing inspiration, you can follow me on all the socials, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and LinkedIn, which, by the way, is my favorite. Just search for me by my name, Mark Steckman. Now, here's today's episode with Natasha Nascimento of RedefiningRefuge.org. We're going to move into uh, our next segment here, and uh, that's super important to me. And we had the opportunity to uh, cancel or reschedule this segment, but we chose not to because it's an important, important day in this uh, nonprofit's history. Ah, she, I don't think she can hear it. I can't hear it. It's it's it it's happy. Birthday? It's a it's a it's a fun happy birthday song. Happy well, thank birthday. You. I'll listen All to right. it on the podcast. All right. Well, now it's time for the Business Beyond the Boardroom Business Leadership Spotlight. Today's spotlight is on Natasha Nascimento, CEO of redefiningrefuge.org, a successful 10-year-old nonprofit. Now, born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa, and after spending a decade in Florida, Natasha's diverse life experience cultivated a sensitivity to acknowledge and find ways to serve others in need. Recognizing the local urgency to advocate on behalf of children without a voice became a catalyst for Natasha to create Tampa Bay's first holistic program for trafficked girls. Inspired but afraid, were you really afraid? Very. She opted to leave her career in finance to launch the foundation. That was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. It worked out okay. Redefining Refuge... uh, For her work in this sector, Natasha has been awarded the Lightning, that's the Tampa Bay Lightning Community Hero Award by the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Foundation, as well as the Spirit of Humanity Award by the DeBartolo Family Foundation. That's that's an awesome recognition. Since the organization's inception in 2010, she's been invited to the state capitol and the United States Capitol, where she continues to campaign for legislative change. A blend of faith, courage, and humility and integrity Natasha isn't just an advocate for fighting for exploited children. She's an advocate fighting for the creation of a better world for all children. Natasha Nascimento? Nascimento? Yep. I got it. it. I got it. I I have a friend I'm getting it wrong. Welcome to the Business Beyond the Boardroom show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here. And a shout out to my friend Lori who connected us uh, through Junior League, right? Yes. Thanks, Lori. Yes. Well, Lori's a a sweetheart. She she used to work uh, here at at CBS. I did not know that. You didn't know that when we were CBS Sports (laughs) and... uh, it was uh, quite the team. We had a blast together. And uh, if you're listening right now, uh, Lori, uh, miss you. So, Natasha, talk about your why, why you started the nonprofit and why you are so passionate about it. So 
I was in finance, as you mentioned, and like many people looking for a way to get involved in the community, looking for a way to just give back. And I went to a community alliance meeting, which is all of our child welfare stakeholders, basically. And they were talking about child prostitutes. Mm. And I didn't understand what a child prostitute was. It was an absolute oxymoron to me. And so I thought, well, maybe since I'm from another country, I'm, you know, misunderstanding what the age of consent is in the state of Florida. And so I asked the age of consent and they said it was 18, which left me even more perplexed. Mm. And just having more conversation, I eventually said, so I just want to make sure. And I wasn't being facetious necessarily. I was genuinely trying to learn. And I said, I just want to make sure that I understand this. Kids children that are getting raped repeatedly every single day for profit when they see a law enforcement officer that they think is there to help them and take them away from this horrible egregious situation they're there to further punish them by arresting them mm. because that's how i sort of internalized what was being said and and everyone kind of looked at me like i was nuts and said and this was in 2008 so it was a long time and said well you know prostitution is illegal and so then i said well what if this was a foreign child what if this was a foreign child and they said well that's human trafficking and this moment completely changed my entire life because there was this misconception that to be trafficked you had to be a foreigner mm. when your own kids children that are born and raised in this country were being criminalized mm. for the mm. act of prostitution and so that was just unacceptable to me absolutely unacceptable and that started this entire journey so at this point you're working in finance yes got a good gig very yeah it's making <laughs> very making, <laughs> You're, you're laughing because looking back 12 years ago, I mean, you, I don't, you, there was no guarantee for success, obviously, yeah. you know, and, and success isn't really necessarily what you're going after. Something in your heart really opened up at that point, I'm, I'm guessing, it, because your mindset changed from me and career and income and all of that to the humanity of another human being. Yeah, I would, you know, raised, being born and raised in South Africa, you are exposed to a lot of need your whole life. Mm. So even though I wasn't personally impacted by that level of need, mm. you're exposed to it a lot. And so I think I already had the sensitivity to that need. But then, like you said, you go to university, you start, you know, climbing the corporate proverbial ladder. And then when I got to where I wanted to get and I was very young, I was like, is this it? Right. Is this it? Like, this is what I wanted. It, it had such little meaning. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? When you when arriving in this place had such little meaning. And so maybe in the beginning, the pursuit was even slightly selfish. It was how can I give more meaning to my existence here? Mm. And then it just became all about these these extraordinary children that are being faced with one of the most deplorable things on the planet. Well, and, and I, I believe that we were all created for something much greater than ourselves. raising, Absolutely. you know, make, making money for ourselves. I mean, mm -hmm. what, in, in our leadership and in, in our faith and in so many, so many different ways. Uh, talk about the stats. I mean, you mentioned um, child prostitution and children being monetized for, for profit. 
uh, and exploitation. We hear a lot about this now. This is much more in the news yes. today than it was 12 years ago when you were starting to have this these thoughts. How big is the problem, really? I mean, give us, do you have, are there, are there numbers or estimates that you can, that you can talk about? You know, about? I hate to quote statistics because they change so mm-hmm. frequently, but I can tell you that there are statistics out there that say that upwards of, you know, 300,000 American children are, you know, at risk for being exploited. Mm. Um, to me, one child is, is too, many. too many. Absolutely, unequivocally, in a first world country and in this century, the fact that kids are being bought and sold every day blows my mind. Um, but I will tell you, in the years that we've had our uh, organization, we've never even seen a foreign national child. We've had hundreds of kids in our program. All of them have been from here. Mm. Uh, the state of Florida ranks third in number of calls to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Wow. And if there's anything that anyone takes away from what I'm saying, human trafficking is the exploitation of a vulnerability, right? How many vulnerable children and vulnerable adults do we have? And especially now with what's happening with the coronavirus issue, these are even more vulnerabilities. Right. And it, it, it becomes more exposed as time goes because people become desperate and make exactly. de- making decisions to, to feed their families. We're talking with Natasha Nascimento, CEO of RedefiningRefuge.org. That's right. Is that That's where they right. can find yeah. you? Tell me about the services that you offer. And we've got about five minutes, so I want to make sure we get to a couple of other key things too. But tell us about the services that you offer. And it's probably changed over the last 10 years, but where are we at today? Yeah, so we try to be as holistic as possible in our approach. Anything from triaging medical needs. A lot of our kids have never had preventative care like our listeners' kids have, so they're not up-to-date on immunizations, dental work, eye Mm. exams, child wellness exams. So we're triaging medical needs, therapeutic needs, uh, providing court advocacy if they need it, um, for legal situations, whether it's that their parents' rights got terminated, we're doing transportation, life skills management, ancillary needs, food, clothing. Mm. Uh, So... Pretty much. It's a big scope of trying services. to meet them. Yeah, I mean, it's the needs are all very different. So, so in thinking about all of that, the first thing that pops into my head as a as a marketer and as a business leader is that that all all that stuff costs money. Indeed. And so you're a nonprofit. Talk yeah. to me about uh, where do your where does your funding come from? So we were at one stage being funded by state and private. Mm-hmm. And we've sort of moved more toward the private sector because, unfortunately, the money that's provided by the state is not nearly enough for the level of need. So we're very, very, very fortunate to be surrounded by the community that we are. Mm. Um, They've taken us under their wing and um, schools, churches, you know, uh, rotary clubs, that sort of thing. They've been just so good to us and our kids and providing a lot of the in-kind things that Mm. we don't have to purchase, toiletries, clothing, Mm -hmm. gift cards in in some cases. So, Well, I know that uh, you had a a, a gala that was scheduled that you had had to reschedule, and I know that's a big fundraiser for for your organization. So you've been impacted by what's going on right now as well. What would be a takeaway? We've got just a couple of minutes left, but what would be a good takeaway for somebody who's listening right now to think, man, what can I do? I mean, obviously awareness is the first step, but what what can the average person do to get either to get involved or to help this cause that you've been so passionate about for 10 years? 
I mean, again, just addressing the vulnerability that's out there. And so the vulnerability for a child could mean something as simple as a sandwich. It could mean a bottle of water. It could mean a hug, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. So no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Everyone can do something. And so that's, that's, hugs are free. Smiles are free. Being a kind, compassionate human being is free. Um, and then again, if you can, if you can afford to, then sure, toiletries, clothing. Um, but just because we're in the situation that we're in doesn't mean the kids are no longer being trafficked. If anything, I worry mm. that because mm-hmm. the level of vulnerability has gone up, so will um, the instances that kids are being trafficked. So what can you do? And it's a question for yourself. You can do something. I know you can. That's right. And and I think awareness is probably one of the biggest things that we can all do, uh, have in uh, whether we're out you know, or whether yeah. we're in our neighborhoods and, or whether we are we're, wherever we're at. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for being on the show yeah, today. Thank and you guys. tell us again where we can find you. It is redefiningrefuge.org. Is that yes. right? So Instagram, Redefining Refuge, and then our website, redefiningrefuge.org, and Facebook and all the things. Well, I noticed on your Facebook, speaking of that, you've got over, what, 200,000 followers on Facebook? We do. Uh, high five over the, uh, <laughs> air, in the air here, six feet away Thank from each you. other. <laughs> high five, because that is a tremendous feat. Hey, thanks for listening to Business Beyond the Boardroom On Demand, a feature of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. You can listen to the full live radio show every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to marksteckman.com for more information, or you could follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram for more great business and marketing content. Make it a great day.